Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. What's happening, Chicago Bears fans? This is Lester Wiltfong, Editor-in-Chief at Windy City Gridiron. And man, we are less than a week away from the Bears reporting the training camp because rookies, they report Saturday, July 22nd. The veterans report Tuesday, July 25th. And the first open camp practice at Hallis Hall for the fans to attend is going to be Thursday, July 27th. Just nine open dates this year. So hope you guys all got your tickets because, you know, they sold out immediately. I know I'll be there a couple days. Jeff Burkus will be there a couple days. Um, a few of our other team members should be there too. So make sure you guys stop by and say hi when you see us out there at Hallis Hall. It should be a lot of fun as always. And if you didn't get tickets, you know, we will be facilitating some swaps from fans that can't make it uh, with tickets to fans that can go that need tickets over on our Twitter account at WC Gridiron. So stay tuned there. And if you didn't get tickets, you know, hopefully we can get some in your hands. Also, make sure you lock us in at Windy City Gridiron. We got a lot of cool stuff planned on the website, here on the podcast channel. And on our video channel, too, which is Second City Gridiron. Um, I know next up, we got Bill Zimmerman. He's actually doing a, a huge two-part training camp preview uh, with Robert Schmitz. Uh, he used to do stuff with us. Now he's the editor-in-chief at the Bears blog. So make sure you stay tuned for that coming up here um, relatively soon. So today, man, we got another treat. It's our guy, Jacob Infante, our lead draft analyst, hosted another one of those Twitter spaces that he recorded for our listeners. He did one of these last week, and I think this is like his uh, third or fourth time doing one on Twitter, and they are a lot of fun. If you guys don't know what a Twitter space is, it's basically a live interactive Q&A you can host on our site to talk with fans. And yeah, you know, Twitter has been going through some problems lately, but it's still there. So let's take advantage of what we can and uh, push some content out and, and talk to you guys. And, you know, we do know that not all you guys do the Twitter thing, which is why we also want to share the recorded spaces here on our podcast channel. So here's Jacob's relatively uncut Q&A from Twitter fielding questions from fans about the Bears, training camp, the draft, rookies, and uh, whatever else comes up uh, about the NFL and life in general, knowing Jacob. So follow Jacob at Jacob Infante 24 so you can get involved in his next space and ask him questions yourself. Take it away, Jacob. What's up, everyone? Uh, welcome to Let's Talk Bears. I'm doing another Twitter live stream here. You guys might know the drill by now, but in case you don't, here's what this is so as literally whoa okay as i was trying to do the intro i just stepped in like a big pile of mud that was embarrassing so anyway what this is is i'm just doing a twitter live stream here we're gonna post the end results live on the uh windy city gridiron podcast network but i'm here now if anyone wants to ask any questions any bears nfl nfl draft questions then i'll answer them for you here in the stream, just let me know, and uh, you can raise your hand. You can request to speak or whatever you want to call it, and then I'll let you in, and I will answer anything and everything that you throw my way. So I've been doing this. This is the the third one that I've done here on the Twitter live stream. So I've really enjoyed it the last couple times I've done it, and the basically the gist is I'm I do this anytime I go on like a long walk. Uh, so it's a fun way to get to interact with all you guys and to hold me accountable to get into shape because Lord knows I need it. So that said, if anyone's got any questions, uh, Bears related or otherwise. So there's one reply to the tweet already 
first question is from uh, Wesso. I hope that's how you pronounce it. I'm really not sure. But the first question is, is Sanborn him? So I think that besides Sanborn clearly being uh, the Riz God of the Chicago Bears roster, I think that you're looking at a guy obviously coming in as an undrafted free agent last year is someone who, you know, expectations coming in weren't massive and he did a really good job of really going above and beyond what one would expect from an undrafted linebacker. Granted, do I think he should have gone undrafted in the first place? I don't. I want to say I had like a fourth or a fifth round grade on him, but even then he surpassed my expectations by a long shot. So that in mind, I think that the bears being as aggressive as they were to get Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, I think that says a bit about the value that they have in the linebacker position and they don't want to put that to chance, which I guess is fair because if you go back, let's say 2020, it's a different position, but Sam Mustafer put together a solid season stepping in as a center. Uh, and then here, so bears are back just requested in the, uh, in the spaces to speak. So I'll let you in in just a sec. Once I answer the, uh, the Sanborn question. So, uh, Mustafer, you're looking at someone who, you know, he had a really good start as, you know, an undrafted guy came in 2020. And then from that point on, it just wasn't, it wasn't great. And the thing that they did is the Bears were under Ryan Pace. They bought into the hype with him and they said, oh, this little short sample size, that's who he is. That's who he's always going to be. That wasn't the case. And the Bears got screwed over because they didn't, they didn't have a backup plan. I think the Bears now... They have a backup plan in case Sanborn doesn't repeat his 2022 campaign. But even then, you're looking at someone who's going to get decent playing time as the Sam with Edmonds at Mike and Edwards at Will. Noah Sewell might get some playing time at Sam too, but I was very impressed with Sanborn as a rookie. So definitely, uh, I hope that his very real relationship with Taylor Swift, I hope it doesn't affect his play in any way. So... Bears are back. I'm bringing you in. All right, you're in. Talk to me. Okay, hi. Uh, no, I just wanted to piggyback off uh, on the Sanborn thing for a second. Love the guy. Uh, Lake uh, Zurich High School native. Uh, I went to Stevenson, so we played him every year, which sucked. Nice. But uh, yeah. coming, from, <laughs> coming from Wisconsin, he uh, he's just got good football IQ. He's not, you know, he's not the flashiest, but that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for someone who's consistent, and I think he can be consistent. Uh, he's He's young, and they learn well at uh, Wisconsin, and uh, that's pretty much all I have to say. Another guy from Wisconsin, Muma Zhang Meta. That's a, that's another one I think we can pick up. So thank you. Yeah, no, of course I appreciate you coming in. But yeah, no, I think that's a good point that they don't need Sanborn to be flashy. They need him to be just reliable and consistent. And I know it seems cliche because. Whenever you see the Bears linebackers, especially with a somewhat similar system to what they had in 06, you think, okay, Edmonds is Erlacher, uh, Edwards is Briggs, and then Sanborn Tillemeyer. And I know that's, that's a comparison that's been done to death. Lord knows I've done it, uh, and other people I know have too. You think about what Hillenmeyer's role was at the time. Like, he played a good amount on special teams. He had some role on defense as well. 
he was never amazing, but he was he was pretty good. He was pretty good, and that's all they really needed of him. He was reliable. He was consistent. You know what you're getting out of him. So if the Bears can get that out of Jack Sanborn in 2023, I think they're going to be really happy, and I think the fans are going to be really happy too. Uh, so we've gotten a couple uh, – we have a request for delusional Bears fans to speak, who I'll bring in in just a sec. We have a couple. Uh, we have a couple replies on the tweet that came out, so I'll get to those over the course of the show. But I'm going to bring in delusional Bears fans to speak and ask a question, and then I'll get to I'll get to the Twitter replies. All right, delusional Bears fan, you're in. What's up? Yeah, how's it going? Yeah, so I just wanted to add a couple things on that Sanborn thing. So. You know, the D-line, obviously, we added a bunch of guys, but it's still looking, like, kind of suspect. I'm hoping having Sanborn, Edwards, and Edmonds allows us to run a lot of three linebacker uh, formations, which will help us stop the run, even if the D-line is a little bit, like, still lackluster this year. Because I'm not – if I have to be objective, I'm still predicting the D-line to be one of the worst in the NFL. But um, if – if, and if they're struggling stopping the run, instead of having, like, Sanborn and Matt Adams out there and Joe Thomas, like, having three actual good linebackers who can hit holes and make tackles should allow us to stop the run, even if our D-line is a little bit, like, subpar on that front. No, 100%. Uh, I think you're looking at with, with that defense, you have the ability to run base, in a, you know, base 4-3, which – that gives you a lot of flexibility, especially against the run. So, and you're, you're looking at Sanborn. He's not going to wow you in coverage just because he's not an elite athlete, but he's smart enough to put himself in the right place to succeed. And in cases, say that, you know, say that Kyler Gordon doesn't necessarily thrive out of the nickel in year two, which I think he'll be, I think he'll be a solid starter there. That's just me, but you have some more uh, versatility, uh, not just on first downs, not just second downs, but third downs as well. If you want to run base on third down, you have the ability to do that because you have the pure talent where you can make that work. I'm with you there, uh, 100%. All right, so we got, we got a clap here uh, in, the, in the replies from thank you, uh, Delusional Bears fan, for coming in. I'm going to remove you from speaker here real quick. We got a few comments here on Twitter that I'm going to get to. I'm trying to find which one came first. So, shout out. <laughs> I got a reply. My boy, uh, Jacob Dofing said, I'm a Bears fan solely because of Jacob Infante. Thank you. That's my Capsig frat brother from the zoo right there. So, uh, very, very much appreciated. So, the next one I'm going to go to is uh, David Tapia. What kind of production does Chase Claypool need to have a contract extension? So, this is one that I'm kind of interested in, too, because – as it stands right now, I think Darnell Mooney has the edge over Claypool as a, you know, as a contract extension candidate. But with that in mind, the Bears did give up an early second round pick for him. Poles is naturally. I understand that you're not going to be like, oh, we have to re-sign him because we gave up that pick. You're not going to do that solely because of that, because that's what bad GMs do. But if Claypool has a good year, I think the fact that polls traded as much as he did to get him I think that's got to play some sort of a role just because you know it's an ego thing it's like oh this was my big move I made at the trade deadline and 
I want to be able to see the fruits of my labor coming through. So, uh, and I see Blake coming in requesting to speak. Uh, I'll bring you in here in just a sec. So I think for Claypool to get a contract extension, I think one of two things have to happen. I think one, maybe like Mooney gets hurt again and doesn't have a fantastic year. And if Claypool can stay healthy through all that, then, you know, that might give him the edge because that's Mooney coming off of two seasons where he's had some injury concerns. But if both of them are healthy, all things considered equal, I think if Claypool can return to, like, the first two years of his career with the Steelers, if Claypool can return to that, then I think that would really help him out because looking at the Bears' wide receiver room right now, I mean – Tyler Scott is projecting as wide receiver four. And truth be told, his skill set fits Mooney's much better than Claypool's. And yes, Mooney has the, the chemistry proven with Justin Fields. And he's a very solid starter. But Claypool, for all his faults, has the size advantage, has the strength advantage. And he's very fast, especially for his size. So I think we're talking like if Claypool can get like 900 yards, I think that's the benchmark I'd put where I'd say I feel safe saying the Bears are going to bring him back. So I'm going to bring in Blake now. He's been in on the first two, I believe. So appreciate you coming back, Blake. What's on your mind? Oh, hey, my bad, man. My bad, man. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Don't worry about it. What's up? So, um, regarding that Claypool versus Mooney contract extension thing, I think yeah. he was a guest in the CHGO pod um, recently I was listening to. I had heard someone say something about um, if Claypool isn't um, brought back and he's, like, signed by another team, that there's some and, – and this is what I don't understand about the compensatory picks, that we would maybe get a compensatory pick back. I'm not sure if you know anything about comp picks, but – if that was the case, if we did have a chance of getting one back, that's a lot more palatable um, when we gave up the second overall pick. If let's say we get like a fourth round comp pick back, um, which might be something that's considered by polls. I was kind of thinking, and when I heard that the other day, I said, if that's true, um, I, I don't think that polls is going to feel too bad about spending that second. If he gets a little something back, you know, an early through, uh, Day three pick. Yeah, so I think the case with Claypool uh, from a comp pick perspective is you're looking at, obviously, the Bears have a handful of guys who you're looking at, you know, Claypool, Mooney, Jalen Johnson, Cole Komet. I think at least two of them are going to be re-signed, maybe three. But so all the cap And Herbert, I think, too. Yeah, Herbert. uh, So Khalil Herbert, he's got another year. Before. Oh, he does. Okay. okay. So yeah, he could. Uh, I mean, like hypothetically, they could extend him, but that wouldn't affect their uh, 2024 cap. Got it. Uh, but those guys, you have them in mind. Look at all the cap space the Bears have. A solid chunk of that is going to go to those guys, but you're still going to have a lot of money left over, which makes me think, okay, they'll probably still be pretty active in free agency. And the more active you are in free agency, the more likely it is to uh, cancel out any comp picks that you lose out on. Like, say, for example, 2021, uh, the Bears would have gotten, I think it was a late third rounder. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, so don't quote me on that. But the Bears would have gotten, I want to say, a late third rounder from 
the Rams signing Allen Robinson, but because of the signings that they made, uh, I think like Justin Jones, Byron Pringle being among them, Al Qadeen Muhammad, all factoring into the comp pick formula, it uh, canceled out. Yeah. So it's uh, okay. Yeah, I seem to remember that now. Yeah. No. So I think that it's I th- it's possible, uh, especially say if the Bears want to go with go through the trade route to make some of their bigger moves and then uh, free agency, maybe they're a little bit more passive and you can still get that comp pick. But sure. I, I don't think that it's a strong possibility just because, uh, you know, the nature of what they have going on for this offseason. I think they're still going to make a handful of moves. Yeah, you're probably right. I just I, I heard that. And I was like, well, if that's even like on the table, if that's even being mentioned it makes everything a lot more palatable for, you know, fans, for the Bears, for polls, whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, if that were to take place, uh, it's a lot more easy to swallow. Where even if, you know, Claypool has a solid year even, and you know, they still don't bring him back. Right. Where it's like, okay, you got a, you know, a solid year out of a young receiver who helped Justin Fields develop, and you're getting a pick out of it moving down a little bit. I think that'd be worth it in the end. For sure. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see what happens with the with next offseason. I don't think getting a cop pick for Claypool is super likely, but you never know. You never know. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, yeah, no, man. of course. All right, that was Blake. Appreciate him coming in. Got a couple comments here. Hold on. We got a request from uh, Kumar to speak. King Kumar Advaith. Uh, I'm going to bring him in. All right, so. Me? Kumar. Yeah, no, I can hear you. What's up? All right, that thing much. How about you? Doing good. Uh, you know, just living the dream on a weekend. It's nice out. Storm like crazy. There was a lightning strike that was like right outside of my apartment yesterday, and it scared the shit out of me. But anyway, I don't want to go on a tangent. Uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, I mean, I guess you're the man to go for the Bears. So my question would be, uh, I mean, right now, the edge. Probably edge is probably our weakest position. I don't know if you would agree or disagree on that. But um, do you see Poles making any moves? Um, as much as I have the team to trade for Chase Young, realistically, I don't know if that happens. But what do you think we do about the edge position, in your opinion? Like, what do you see happening? So I, I'm with you there. I think that you're looking at the edge rusher position. And it's, quite frankly, not great. Honestly, it's, you know, you have some ha- a handful of solid talents, a handful of guys who can contribute, especially in the run game. I think against the run, they'll be a lot better than they were last year. But there's no proven sack production. So with that in mind, I think you're leaning towards bringing in a veteran in free agency before the year starts. I know I've been, you know, I've mentioned here, I've mentioned thousands of times, it feels like uh, Yannick Ngakwe is a guy I'd love to bring in just because of his proven pass production. But I don't know. I think Justin Houston might be a nice addition as well as like a one-year stopgap. Obviously, you know, he's in the twilight of his career, but he still had a really good year last year. At at this stage, you're not going to fix edge rusher. Like if if you, you said, maybe they'd try and trade for Chase Young, I don't think Washington would be able to come to terms with that just because they probably value him higher than the rest of the league does. Yeah, I I think edge rusher, that's going to be a bit of a weakness. 
heading for this year, which again, you know, I've said before, it's like when you're the worst team in the league from a record perspective, you're not going to fix everything that, that, that following off season, there's still you know, a lot of work to do given what the resources they had. I think they did a good job. So, you know, there's gotta be, there's gotta be sacrifices made somewhere. And unfortunately I think that's going to be edge uh, for this season. Yeah, man, I definitely agree. I think that there are guys that we have that can potentially be that. Demarcus Walker is a guy. Yeah. Um, then you have uh, you have some homegrown guys and Travis Gibson uh, and Demarcus Robinson, who certainly has proved. I mean, both of them have potential. I mean, on Robinson's first snap, the fact that he got over Trent Williams. Yeah. Certainly proves that he has potential, and then with Gibson, the same thing. But the problem is, last year, this year, last last season, Gibson didn't do much, if anything. And Robinson, the same thing. Like outside one game, where was he? So it, it's a problem. But I think that again, like you said, we can't fix every single position. But I would like to see Poles make a move because I think that we will make a move. I mean, last year we did with uh tackling guard um but we'll have to see what happens but thanks for bringing me up yeah no of course you know i appreciate you coming in uh you're welcome anytime all right so we're gonna move on to some of these comments here and actually while i were just talking there about the edge rushers i got a dm so uh marquez spencer is someone that he is someone that i've been a bit of a fan of at the collegiate level wide receiver he reached out to me he, he just told me uh, I'll read it up over here. I can help the Bears win, bro. I have familiar chemistry with Justin Fields. Like he's, so he's someone that I've been on record for. I'll just use this little bit here to say that I think he deserves a chance at the professional level. So if any teams are listening to this, any you know scouts, player personnel, they come back or what? They got any burners here on Twitter right now, or they come back to listen to it later? I'll just say, give him a shot. Bring him in for a tryout you will not regret it. So I'm going to, I'm looking through Twitter here for the replies. So let's see which one, another similar question. It's, do you believe the bears will pick up another defensive end prior to camp or will they wait for cuts to be completed? I think, I think they'll bring someone in beforehand. You know, like, like I mentioned, you're looking in Gakwe, you're looking at Justin Houston, maybe as guys you could bring in. I don't know exactly how much value a, a cut candidate would have right out of the gate. They might bring a guy in. I know they were pretty active in the, uh, in the cut market or whatever you want to call it. They were pretty active there uh, in 2022. They might be again this year. I I think they bring someone in beforehand. The next one is the bears QB curse. Low key, the biggest curse in all of sports zero 4,000 yard passing or 30 touchdown passing seasons in 100 plus years from secret NFL insider. It is kind of crazy to think about, isn't it? That, you know, in all these years, the bears, you know, being you know, tied for the oldest NFL franchise that's still going, it's kind of crazy to think they haven't had a 4,000 yard passer at least once. And especially now, especially more recently where, you know, it's more of a pass heavy NFL, just, for whatever reason, when they had Cutler, sometimes he fell short. Sometimes he just got hurt. No, really, it's kind of just tough 
to process as a Bears fan, as a football fan. But I do think I do think it'll break. I do think it'll break eventually because records were made to be broken, even terrible, awful ones. So I think that's something that's uh, it'll be on the horizon. I don't know if it'll be this year, but sometime soon. Valk says, personally, I'm not a Bears fan, but I really like hearing that sweet, sweet voice of yours. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. I don't know if it's sarcasm. If it's not, then that's probably the nicest thing anyone's ever said about my voice. So thank you. I- I'm just I'm just waffling here. That's that's really what this is. Delusional Bears fan came in, uh, asked a question earlier, requested to speak. How is the defensive tackle of rotation of Billings? Justin Jones, Javon Dexter, and Zach Pickens going to work. Who's going to do what? All right, so I think you're looking at so two different defensive tackle positions. You're looking at defensive uh, three technique, and you're looking at the one technique. And three technique is that's more of the outside shoulder of the guard. That's generally what you think of like the speedy pass rushing type of defensive tackle. Uh, for that, I think you're looking at Justin Jones and Zach Pickens. A little bit quicker off the ball, maybe not as stout against the run, but I, I generally think that's where those two guys project the best. Justin Jones, he was their best defensive tackle last year. That's not saying much, but you know it's something to keep in mind. I think he's going to start the year. Pickens, a little bit raw. I think that weight distribution and pad level is going to affect him a little bit, especially early on. You're looking at, you know, someone who, you know, he's a big guy and he's got tremendous length. He's quick off the ball, good athlete, but I think there's still plenty of room from a technical perspective for him to grow. Uh, And then the one tech, I think Andrew Billings, he's going to start the year simply because of what he brings against the run. But the thing is he's very limited at least from an upside perspective, against the pass. So that's where Dexter comes in. He's more explosive. I think, in my opinion, when I watched his tape, Dexter did his best work as a one-tech, shading over the shoulder of the center there. And I know people's rush to say, oh, Dexter's a three-tech, Dexter's a three-tech. I don't think that's the case. And, you know, it's not a bad thing by any means. I know that people say the three-tech is the important position, and yeah, it's, it's, it's true. In this defense, it does hold a bit more positional value. But Dexter, I think, is a better fit at one tech. And I think he's got a better opportunity to play there. So I think Justin Jones and Andrew Billings will start the year off. Dexter will rotate in. Pickens will rotate in. I think sooner rather than later, you're looking at Dexter as a guy who's going to start. Pickens might start a few games here and there. I don't have as high of immediate expectations with him. But he's someone I think is going to be able to uh, step into a bigger role. So we got a request here. Uh, Mr. Big Z, I'm going to bring you in. Connecting you as a speaker. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.
got you in, Mr. Big Z. What's up? Ah, uh, good, good uh, afternoon, everyone. I just want to say the Bears are going to be really good this year, and that's it. That's it. All right, I can get behind that. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. I uh, I like that. Honestly, I think especially when you compare it to last year, it's a much better roster from top to bottom. Uh, and just truthfully, I, I think there's still plenty of room to grow, but it's a fourth-place schedule. It's a wide-open division, and it's an improved roster in the trenches here. So really good. I don't know. We'll see. They'll definitely be better, though. I mean, it's hard not to be, but I think there's going to be some seriously uh, noticeable progress. Let's see. I'm looking here. A uh, question from Roquan. Not Roquan Smith, but the, just the name Roquan. Uh, any concern about Claypool wearing that compression sleeve on his knee? Also, is that the same knee he hurt versus the Packers? So, truthfully, I'm not sure if it's the same one. Uh my guess is, yeah, it is. But, again, that's just me speculating. I truthfully have no idea. So I, I'd have to go back and check on that. But I don't necessarily have concerns. I think that you see football players wearing sleeves uh, on, you know, or braces relatively often, even if they're not super hurt. You know, it helps out with stability. I know my uh, – my brother's playing defensive line in college right now, and he's a big proponent of, especially when he played O-line in high school, play, playing with knee braces, even though his knees were in good health, uh, just helps with stabilizing. And, uh, you know, wide receivers, it can restrict motion a little bit, but it makes uh, – it, it's better from, like, a body control perspective. If for, like, a brace for a compression sleeve – I don't know exactly how that works. Uh, see, I'm I'm not going to lie. I am terrible at all things like science and medical. I'm not the person to ask that. I don't think I got higher than uh, like a C plus whenever I took science in grade school, high school, whatever. So I, I, I suck just straight up. I'll be real with you. So I don't think it's anything to be too concerned about. I mean, obviously, Claypool's training. Uh and all, by all accounts, he's, you know, going at full speed. So I, I wouldn't be too worried about that. That's just me, though. Uh, looking through the rest of Twitter here. And, okay, so a quick comment from Bears are back. Although the D-line might be suspect, I'm loving the speed and IQ of the secondary we have been drafting lately. And I'm with you there. Uh, real quick, before I continue, I'll just say if anyone's got any uh, questions, feel free to request to speak. Anyone here is listening in the Twitter spaces, and I'll bring you in. Uh, I know we've got uh, – I mentioned you earlier. Uh, I know uh, Marco Spencer's in here. Uh, I mentioned you earlier uh, just a little bit ago. I know he came in, but uh, he dipped out for a second, and I, I brought him up. But, yeah, just using the platform. Uh, teams out there, give them a shot. So, all right. So, going back to that comment from Bears are back, I agree. I think from a speed perspective, from an IQ perspective, there's a lot to like. 
in the secondary and also from a length perspective too. I mean, Stevenson's a guy, Tyreek Stevenson, he's got long arms. He plays physically in coverage. He's someone who can process well uh, through a receiver's stem, and he does a good job of, you know, being patient and letting the route develop. And I think that having those intelligent cornerbacks, that's especially helpful uh, for a team that doesn't have a whole lot from a pass rushing perspective. Having a good secondary that can consistently lock down guys I think that's something that's going to really help the Bears. And there's some cases where they might not generate initial pressure right out of the right out of the gate, but the quarterback looks around and he thinks, "Oh crap, nobody's open. I got to move around. I got to extend the play." And then that's where you run into a sack. That's when you run into a pressure or something like that. So my guess is that's the Bears' hope for this year is that having a a complete secondary. I mean, looking at the starting five guys, the the three corners and the two safeties, they all look pretty good. And like I've mentioned before, I think Brisker's got a chance to really step up in year two. Uh, Kyler Gordon showed some really intriguing flashes down the stretch later in the year. Uh, And then Eddie Jackson was fantastic before he got hurt. So that's not even bringing up Jalen Johnson, who's been solid. Tyreek Stevenson, who I think is going to make a solid impact right out of the gate. I don't think there's a star at the cornerback position, but I think there are three pretty good starters and that's something valuable to have. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that secondary turns out. So I think that's a good, good shout there. Courtney in my replies saying we should get some defensive news, net defensive end news next week, then bear down. You heard it here first. So if we get that, then you, you did hear it here first. So, we're, you know, maybe breaking a little news. I don't know if you know anything. Uh, got any inside scoop. But fun to speculate. Fun to uh, imagine what possibilities there are. Courtney followed up and said, are there any additional key dates we should look forward to regarding the new stadium developments? I don't know. I'll just say that out loud. I'm not 100% sure. My guess is it seems like the timeline, the Bills stadium is, you know, maybe delay the process a year or two behind where they're at. We've already seen sketches and mock-ups. I don't expect to see mock-ups for the Bears for another year or so, but I, I truthfully, I'm not sure. Unfortunately, I can't really comment on that, but I'm sure there are people out there would be able to give you an actual, like a better answer. Uh, but yeah, just from me as a, from a fan perspective, I, you know, I just love to see those mock-ups whenever they come in, I'm going to be ecstatic to see them. So another comment here, one punch two. Hey, first time, first time outside of the defensive end, what's the weakest group. So the weakest positional group outside of defensive end. And I do, th- I think this is a tough one because truthfully, they did a lot better job of upgrading a lot of different positions. Can't say running back because even though they don't have a star there, they're really deep. Don't, don't think I can say tight end because Komet and Tanyan's a good one-two punch. Man, outside of defensive end, that's tough. I'm going to – I'll just say for now – for now, I'll say offensive tackle, but I say that 
with the caveat of I think Braxton Jones is going to make a jump this year, and I think Darnell Wright is eventually going to prove himself as a quality starter. But just because of the, I guess, the unproven factor there, I guess that's what I'd go with. But I don't feel great saying that because I think they're, they're solid at quarterback. They've got a good backup to Fields and P.J. Walker. They're good at running back, good at receiver, tight end solid. Outside of defensive ends, uh, you know, I'm going to change that answer, actually. I'll say defensive tackle. I know that's still defensive line, but I'll just say until Dexter, until Pickens, until they prove that they're quality starters who can, you know, play all three downs, they don't have a proven guy there who's like a rock-solid starter guy. So I'll, I'll stick with that. Defensive tackle. So I know I, I know I didn't feel good saying offensive tackle because I, I have high hopes for that group. There, but there's some, there, there's some question marks there that I think, I think most of them, if not all of them, will be addressed. But yeah, defensive tackle, that's another thing where it's a better group than what they had last year, but they still lack that, that alpha talent, I think. And maybe Dexter can be that guy. Maybe Pickens can be that guy. Maybe both of them can, but we'll see. We got Matt Eberflus, enthusiast, requesting to speak here. I'll bring you in. Uh, feel free to fire away and take as much time as you need so I can catch my breath a little bit. <laughs> hey, I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm doing well. Um, honestly, I was just uh, cleaning up my house. I had you on the speaker, but uh, I actually wanted to ask this question. How important do you think uh, week one is? Because you look at last season and see we, we beat the 49ers. That was on top of the world. Obviously, it was a crazy game with the rain. But then this year, we're, obviously, it's uh, against Packers at home. How important do you think that week one win is for the Bears? I think it, you know it's pretty important. Because obviously, you know, it's nice to start off the season with a week one win. But when you factor in it's against the Packers at home, it's your biggest rival. It's at your own, on your own home turf. And it's a team that you've historically, at least over the last few years, that you've struggled against. And now it's a new era for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore. And really for the Bears, too. I mean, you're turning things around. Uh, there's a little bit and you know, a lot more hope than there was last year. So I think this is really a chance to make a statement if you're the Bears. Do you but think week one can kind of tell how the Bears will play out through the rest of the schedule throughout the season? Because uh, obviously it's week one, like, you know, yeah. teams are not their fullest, but. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I, I, w- I wouldn't say that if they lose week one, then it's over. Right. Or that if they win in week one, then, you know, they're they're a playoff team, but I think that would, it would really help from a momentum perspective because, uh, you know, obviously that's such a big win for, for the organization and right. that can really fire you up going forward. So I got one more question for you. Um, yeah. Cause in my eyes, this is kind of a, this is a make or break year for Eberflus. He, he could p- potentially be fired after this season. What record would you think the bears would have to have to keep Eberflus as their main head coach? So that is a good question, and that's something that I think not enough people are talking about. Right. That 
obviously, you know, you have the worst record in the league. This is, you know, it's a process. Yeah. And uh, I just noticed, I don't know what symbol that is, but we got a request to speak. So I'll let you in in just a sec. I think that if Iberflus, if they go eight and nine or better, I yeah. think he's safe. If it's seven and 10, then you think seven's I, a little this, stretching it. Yeah. Seven and 10. It's kind it's kind of like that gray area where it kind of depends on the context. Like, Oh, maybe the offense did a lot better, but the defense is still kind of bad. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and then I think six or lower, I think he's gone. Oh, wow. So that that's what I'd say. I think that – Am I, I could be wrong on that. Yeah. I could say there could be the Bears win like five games uh-huh. and they're like, all right, we'll stick it out for another year, see what happens. But right. I think the expectations have to be a lot higher this year. Do you like Eber Flues or would you, would you rather just see them move on? You know, I like him so far. I think that he's done. He did a decent amount with a, not the best roster last year. Right. They were pretty close in a lot of games. I feel I like they were all something... buying in on what he was coaching. Like, yeah. No matter the score, they were. I felt like it was always competitive throughout the games, even though our terrible record. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't see them stop or like. I mean, there was some plays yeah. on the coaching where you could kind of tell where. All right, we're, we are trying to go for that number one pick, but. The players, they uh, they definitely want to keep playing. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And I think that the effort's definitely there from the coaching staff, from the team. And I think they've bought into the hits principle and just that kind of, you know, balls to the wall type of play. I think that's something that we're st- – well, I think we'll see it come to fruition a bit more next year yeah. or this coming year. But even looking at last year, they were – Close with a lot of good teams. Right. Like the Eagles and, game, I think we lost by five. And that was very close. Yeah. The Miami won that pass interference. I mean, they didn't call it. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. And then the. No, I, that, remember that pick against the Lions? I was uh, hands to the face. Yeah. yeah and Warren yeah. had that pick. And we 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 gone up. We would have been up like two possessions with ball in the fourth, I think. Yeah. It's just crazy how, yeah, how some of the close games were last season with the Ross. Yeah. Just, you know, a handful, like one or two things going wrong in the game, and it ended up costing the Bears. I mean, it got them the first pick, which got them the big haul and DJ Moore. So, in the end, I'm cool with it. Yeah. But next year, that's just something that, you know, we as Bears fans, we're just going to hope changes. Right, right. All right, man. It was uh, was good talking to you. I will uh, catch you later. Yeah, for sure. No, I appreciate you you coming in. For sure. Have a good one, man. You too. Alrighty, so we're coming in uh, at Sue of, Sue of Side. We're gonna bring you in. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that symbol, but we'll bring you in. Hey, what's up? What's up? I was just gonna ask, um, how do you feel about the Chase Claypool trade after the whole off season and everything? So I'll say that obviously. 2022 didn't work out how probably how the Bears had hoped for Chase Claypool or how Chase Claypool had hoped for himself. Obviously, he didn't put up a ton of yards. It was a career worst in the three years he's been in the league so far. But with that said, I'm not going to be totally out on the deal yet. I think even if you get a good year out of him, even if you don't extend him, if you get a good year out of him at receiver and it helps Justin Fields' development, I think it'd be worth it. 
it's a little bit a, a bitter pill to swallow to say, oh, we gave up what's basically the a first round pick, number thirty two, in the draft. But I think that what happens this year is really going to determine how I look at that trade. Early returns, not great. I'm not going to lie, and I'd be I'd be lying if I said that I'm not a little bit worried about what's going to happen this coming year and if this is a trend that we're going to see more with polls from a trading perspective, but we'll see. I think that give them some more time to have a healthy offseason, give them some more time to learn the playbook, and then I think in the first few weeks of this year, we'll really get a glimpse of, okay, was this really the bust of a trade that a lot of people were saying it was, or is this something where it just gives them a little bit of time to get truly integrated into the system and then watch him shine a little bit down the road. So we'll see. I don't have a full, like a full opinion, a full grade on it yet, but early returns, not great. I'm going to wait until the rest of the year to determine exactly what the final verdict is now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've been watching him since he came out of the out of college. So, yeah. you know, the first year he did great with the Steelers and stuff, and then he kind of declined after that. You can't blame him though. He didn't really have a quarterback, but I think the Steelers did win on that trade. But you know, hopefully it does work out for him. You know, because he he could be a really good player, but so far it just doesn't look too good. But the best of luck to the Bears with him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm excited to see what Claypool can do. Uh, he's you know obviously a talented guy, so it's just a matter of putting it all together from a you know from a mental perspective. I think is the big part of it, grasping the playbook and you know truly elevating himself to that next level. So yeah, no, I appreciate you coming in and uh, asking the question. Thank you, man. You have a good day. Hey, thanks you too. Alrighty, so anyone's got any questions for the Twitter space? Winding down in a little bit, just because my phone's on low battery and I'm gonna have to walk back to my place eventually. So this reply, uh, one punch two, second year after the rebuild, firing him—that's extreme. To that point, I get it, and I wouldn't want the Bears to become like the 2010s Browns or something like that, where they're firing a new coach after one year, after two years, every single time for the whole decade. But if they have another bad year, especially after what they've brought in, say if it's like four or five wins, then that's a, that's a bad look for the franchise. And, and I think that from this perspective, Poles has a bit more leeway than Eberflus. And again, if the Bears get like seven or more wins, I'd keep Eberflus, and I think they will. And I think I'd trust Eberflus and his ability to elevate these guys and his ability to have this team fighting to the very end. It's just more of like a, what's a doomsday scenario for the Bears? And that's, I think, would be one of them. So I don't think they should fire him after this year. I don't think they will. Just saying, in an absolute worst-case scenario, I don't think that it's a 100% lock that he stays. But that out of the way, I like him so far, and I'm interested in seeing what's going to happen for the rest of the year. Looking through, all right, so we got another request. Justin Fields' vegan bowl. We're bringing you in here, requesting to speak. If anyone else here listening in the spaces has any requests, feel free to request to speak. But Justin Fields, Vegan Bowl, we're bringing you in. What's up? <clears throat> hey, what's going on, Jacob? Uh, can you hear me all right? 
Yeah, no, I can hear you just fine. Perfect, beautiful. Hey, I didn't know this was going to happen today. I would have maybe caught you a little earlier, uh, not at the end, oh, but no, all good. All good. Uh, happy to be here. Either way, ball knower here. Uh, as much as we're talking about the ba- uh, the Bears, you know, which is fantastic, um, I think you of all people have seen the beef between you know the Bears and uh, Carolina Panthers fans. Um, I just wanted to kind of go into uh, what your thoughts are um, for their season. You know, because I, I think we're all kind of watching, thinking, like, what could their first round pick turn into uh, next year? Um, you know, with their division, the Falcons look like they're on the rise. Um, Tampa Bay looks like they're tanking for Caleb. And then you have uh, the Saints that are kind of in limbo, you know? Um, so what do you, you know, just, uh, you know, I know we're talking about Bears football, but I think this pertains to us as well. Yeah, no, 100%. I think, uh, yeah, and just a heads up for, uh, for you and anyone else who's joining a bit later who missed out on some of the earlier conversation, uh, you'll be able to hear the whole thing over at Windy City Gridiron once it's published uh, through the podcast network. So if there's anything that you missed out on, you can, you know, you can re-listen there. Or even if you just want to re-listen because my voice is apparently so sweet. Uh, but Caroline is an interesting case. And, you know, you brought up the NFC South. I think that it's just as likely – the Panthers finish in last place in the division as it is they finish first place in the division. That said, I don't think any of the teams in that division are good. I think that some are a little bit less bad than others. I think the Saints have to be the favorites coming in, but yeah, I think Carolina defense is intriguing. Defense is definitely intriguing. They've got some young pieces there. Brian Burns is very good. Jeremy Chin's shown some really good flashes. Derek Brown's good, uh, just to name a few. Dante Jackson's another guy. J.C. Horn. I, I don't know about that offense, man. I just – I don't think you're going into the season with Adam Thielen, uh, 2023 Adam Thielen, as your wide receiver one with D.J. Chark, who's – I don't want – he's not washed because he's still young, but, like, he's not going to get back to what he was – as a pro bowler with the Jaguars topping a thousand yards. I don't think that's going to happen, nor should it be expected. Offensive line, I'm not super confident in. Miles Sanders is a good running back. I think regardless, you're still going to have a good ground game. Bryce Young, you know, he's accurate. He's a good athlete. I think he'll be solid, but it comes down to, I think, I don't know how many points they are going to be able to score on a consistent basis. And with Bryce Young's size, with the suspect offensive line, with a lack of top-notch weapons, uh, I mean, Bears fans should know better than anyone what having a young quarterback behind a, not a great offensive line with not great weapons, what that can do to a quarterback. So I think that Young is a talented player, and like Fields, he'll be able to overcome it to an extent, but there's only so much that he can do this early. So I've had the Panthers around six or seven wins, I don't th- think they're going to be like a bottom five team, but there's a, I think there's a strong possibility the Bears end up with a top 10 pick with that Carolina selection. And maybe that's out of range for Marvin Harrison Jr. I know a lot of Bears fans, that's the guy that they're fixated on this early. I don't blame you, but it's still high enough to get a really good player. So I think that's going to be encouraging for Chicago and – I don't know. I just think Carolina, they could be really, they could be pretty good in 2024. Chicago's still going to have their second round pick. It might be a little lower, but first round pick, I think what they get next year 
in the 2024 draft. I expect it to be at least in the top half of the draft, but we'll see. The NFC South winner might end up making the playoffs at eight and nine. So I guess it just depends on what happens in the division. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, to piggyback off of that, I, I would have to agree. Um, I think Frank Reich is a, is a great hire for them, for sure. I think that's you know a needle in the right direction. I think the Colts um, constantly gave him terrible quarterback situations, and um, you know he's beloved by a lot of a lot of the players that were under him. So, uh, very interested to see what happens there. I'm really hoping that uh, Arthur Smith and all the talent that's on the Falcons kind of run, runs away with it. Um, but that's hoping that uh, Desmond Ritter's, you know, him. <laughs> yeah, which I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. But, yeah, I think the Falcons are a sneaky team to watch in the division, really. Uh, again, so much rides on Ritter there, but they added some nice talent. I think Jesse Bates is, in particular was a really good add for the secondary. Uh, and then you're bringing in Bijan for the offense among many other guys who – I don't have in front of me, but I know that they've done a good job of adding talent over the, over the years. Uh, and yeah, Frank Reich, to your point, I think got a little bit of the shaft in Indy. Didn't have the best quarterback situation to work with. I think he's a good coach and I think he'll prove that in Carolina. I think it'll happen in time. I just don't think it'll happen right away. So yeah, no, that's a, that's why I keep an eye on for, for the Panthers this coming year. And hopefully, selfishly, from a Bears perspective, I hope they suck just so it gets the Bears a high first-round pick. But, you know, that's it. It's no deeper than that. I don't hate the Panthers otherwise. I don't think many Bears fans do. It's just they want to get a high first-round pick. Yeah, I think the hate's kind of like a facade at this point, but it is fun. I mean, obviously interacting with their fan base. We didn't—I didn't know that they had such a presence on Twitter um, before this all ordeal. But uh, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes during the season. And we obviously play them this year, so it'll be really exciting to uh, get a free W, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I hope so. But yeah, uh, anything else? I'm just checking because I got a one reply and then I'm almost done here with the walk before my phone dies out on me because I don't want to end this mid conversation and then you guys are all like wait what the hell happened so uh uh you know as as, as a ball knower I can go on for days but I'm gonna let the, the guy with the reply and, and you enjoy your walk all right you're good yeah no absolutely man I appreciate it and uh yeah if you got anything else uh I just do these impromptu but, you know, just keep an eye out and, you know, love to have you back in. So appreciate it. Justin Fields, Vegan Bowl. Thanks for coming in. All right. So we got JC mentioned, I think Eberflus could survive another losing season, but it depends how the team looks and plays overall. But another two, three win season, then, yeah, he could definitely be gone. And I think that's fair. Uh it could be one of the situations where the record doesn't tell the whole story. Like even if they go seven and 10 and they're still really close in a lot of games, then I think they'd keep Eberflus around because they're like, okay, have another offense. We can have another off season. Rather we could build up the defensive line. We could add some ends, maybe add another tackle to rotate in there. Uh, 
and then work from there and just, you know, keep filling holes, keep plugging pieces. Then I could see, you know, they give him a little bit of a leash, but yeah, we'll see. I'm excited to see uh, how this year turns out. Last call for any questions. If anyone here in the Twitter spaces has any questions, feel free to request to speak and I'll let you in. Uh, while I'm here, I'll just mention that I started a new job. I'm enjoying myself. Uh, I made some people laugh at work yesterday. I was like, hell yeah, you know, because I was like really scared of people. All right, my brother's coming in. All right, Joey Infante. Here we go. I'm worried, but let's see what Hey, happens. Jacob, how you doing? Hey, Joey. Uh, good, good to meet you. Never never talked to you before. Yeah, well, so, I'm, a, you know, I'm a big to... fan. Uh, you know, ever since I saw that this guy's got the uh, same last name and the same parents as I do, you know, I thought, you know, I can really get to – I should really follow this guy and see what he's up to on Twitter and stuff like that. So I figured, uh, yeah. you know, I listened to listen in on one of these and – Ask you a question. Um, let's see, what's my question? Um, what is your? Hmm. I'll take your favorite side dish. This is unrelated to football. Favorite side dish, and then I'll be oh, yeah. out of here. Favorite side yeah. dish. Uh, so, like, just in general. Yeah, general. Like oh, specific... Everything's on the board as long as it's a side dish. Side yeah. dish. All right. So I'm going to try and find something that's like guaranteed a side dish. So there's some things where it's like, oh, this is kind of gray area. Is mac and cheese a side? Is it an entree? I call it a side. So I'm not going to. Okay. So if that's a side, I'd say mac and cheese, just a good, you know, baked mac with a nice little, you know, cheese layer on top. That's, but if, if not, oh yeah, it gets the job done. <laughs> if not, then. You know, I'm going to go this, – this is a little bit niche here, but garlic green beans. Garlic green – like like sautéed green beans? Yeah. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, just a little butter, you know, just some garlic. Real simple, but it's fantastic. So uh, I know that that's a little bit out there. It's not, you know, like fries or something, which, you know, got love for fries. I could talk fries all day. But what about you? What about you? What's your favorite – the best side. Oh man, I don't know. I like uh mashed potatoes is up there. I love oh, good yeah. mash. Um of course. Uh let's see. Caesar salad is Ooh. uh which usually was as a as a bigger person, uh salad might be unexpected, but uh I I love Caesar salad with some with some chicken. Um, yeah, I'd say mash, mash and, and grilled chicken Caesar. Jacob, you know what? I'm a great fan. I got to mow the lawn. Uh, I got to help mom out. So, of course, I'll get yeah, out of your hair. Her. Have a great. Uh, what is it? What is this called? I don't get. I'm not. I'm not on Twitter that often. It's a space. It's like a got spaces. it. Twitter yeah. space. Finish the rest of your space. You know. Of course. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll come Thank visit you. you at some point soon. Yeah, no, absolutely. Tell uh, tell mom I said hi, and uh, I will. You go mow that lawn. I will. I'll destroy it. Hell yeah. See All ya. Right. Good stuff. See ya. That was Joey Infante. That's my brother right there coming in. Uh, first time speaker in the show. Got a few comments here in Twitter that I'll read off, and that'll be it unless anyone else has anything they want to bring up last minute. 
Uh, Kumar mentioned, uh, what are your thoughts on Jaden Reed? Wanted the Bears to get him, but sadly didn't happen. So Jaden Reed, the second-round pick for the Packers, Michigan State receiver, uh, Naperville Central alum. So, you know, he's a local guy. Uh, Should have gone to Bennett Academy, if you ask me, in my, you know, unbiased opinion. But Naperville Central's not bad either. Uh, I'm interested in seeing what he can do. Like, obviously, I'm not a Green Bay Packers fan. But from just a pure football perspective, I think the speed combo of Christian Watson and Jaden Reed could really stretch the field well for Green Bay. That said, I don't know if that group has like a stud route runner. I think Reed's still got a little bit to do in terms of uh, processing and developing his route tree and how he disguises concepts. But the athleticism's there in spades. And I think that's something you can't teach speed. And when you look at some of the other receivers, sure, in this class, maybe they're a little more crafty uh, as technicians. But Jaden Reed, fantastic athlete, someone who can stretch the field, someone who can get that yak really well. Uh, I'm interested in seeing what he can do as a rookie. Don't know how big the contribution is going to be right away, uh, just as a high-volume pass catcher. But deep threat abilities there, yak abilities there. Get him on screens, get him on jet sweeps, end arounds, whatever. Uh, yeah, I think then you utilize that speed to the best of his ability. Uh, Brendo says, I'm a Claypool believer. He's going to thrive as the number three. Loved him at Notre Dame. I think thri- I think the number three is a good spot for Claypool. I think it kind of lowers the expectations for him. Uh, coming in, you're looking at, all right, Claypool's going to push. Maybe he'll be wide receiver one in Chicago, uh, you know, with just him and Mooney there. Uh, but now – if you put Mooney at the two uh, and you take DJ Moore, put him as the one. Uh, and I, I should say, when I mentioned wide receiver one, wide receiver two, that doesn't necessarily mean wide receiver one's the X. I think DJ Moore's best as a Z, as a field side outside receiver. Claypool's best as the X along the boundary uh, where he can use his size to take advantage of less space and then Mooney. Uh, I think we'll see a bit of him out of the slot. But I think that, yeah, bringing in DJ Moore is going to be huge for Claypool kind of. The defense, I don't want to say they'll forget about him. But I do think that it'll take a little bit of attention off of him. It'll really give him an opportunity to feast up, to feast on maybe some inferior uh, defensive backs. Foster Covers says, potatoes, any kind, B-side. I think potatoes as a side, just fantastic because there's so much versatility there. Obviously, you know, my brother was in. We talked mashed potatoes. Uh, you can go any type of fries. I, I think curly fries are the best fries, but that's a discussion for another day unless anyone wants to chime in with fry talk. Uh, hash browns, big fan. Uh, home fries, can never go wrong with home fries. And the half Polish in me, has to shout out potato pancakes or latkes, depending on where you're from. Uh, sour cream and applesauce, put that on there. I know that might surprise some of you listening to it, but trust me, it's fantastic. And that's not even including uh, pierogi or gnocchi even. Gnocchi, I mean, it's potato. It's a, it's a pasta, but it's potato. So I'm including it. You know, if you don't, screw you. I don't care. Uh, but yeah, potatoes are... Potatoes are goaded as a side, so I'll just 
add that in there. Uh, I'm double checking here to see if there's any last questions before we wrap up here. I know it's supposed to rain eventually back over by me, but I don't see any rain yet. So I'm just chilling outside while I'm looking through. Uh, but yeah, for those of you listening, those of you who have missed part of it, you can check this on the Windy City Gridiron Podcast Network once it's published and make sure to check out all of our other podcasts. We've got some, some really good stuff, really good shows in my unbiased opinion. Uh, all right, we got one more question from Rafa. Rafa, uh, apologies if I'm mispronouncing, but can't wait to see Demarcus Walker play. His work ethic is crazy. What's your opinion on him? So he's, he's coming off of a good year with the Titans. He's got seven sacks. I, think, I don't know if the production is going to be as high just because there's no Jeffrey Simmons up the middle for the Bears to take eyes off of. Uh, there might be a little bit more focus on Walker here in Chicago than there was in Tennessee, but I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up leading the team in sacks. I think that – I mean, just judging off of what we've seen from Twitter, he's really embraced the Chicago fan base, the Chicago culture, and this hits principle – you know, busts his ass, and he seems like someone who's just a very hard worker. Uh, I don't know exactly how high the ceiling is. I think you're going to look at the end of this year and think edge rusher's still in need. But I'm interested in seeing what he can do. I think that he might be the most talented edge rusher they have right now. If for some reason they don't bring anyone in in free agency, then I think Walker's going to get a good amount of, of uh, reps rushing off the edge. Might kick him inside from time to time too, but yeah, that's really it. I'm uh, intrigued. I'm not going to set the bar too high, uh, but I'm intrigued. So that's going to do it. That's all I got for you guys here today. Uh, thanks to everyone who tuned in live on the spaces. If you want to watch the rest of it, if you want to hear the rest of it, uh, make sure to check it out on the Windy City Podcast Network and check out all our other stuff. And I'll be back here on these spaces eventually. I like just doing these impromptu. No no warning, no nothing. Just show up. Whoever comes in, comes in while I'm doing my walk. You might hear some cars in the background occasionally. You might hear some wind, but, you know, it's authentic living. And it doesn't get more authentic than I'm just picking up a phone and I'm talking to you guys live uh, with no agenda, no nothing, and just waffle on from there. So, Appreciate everyone from tuning in. Thank you, Matt Eber, for enthusiast, for clapping for me and the fist up. Uh, very kind of you. Uh, thank you, Foster. Thumbs up. I'm loving these, loving these emojis or whatever you call it, 100 emoji from, uh, I don't know how to say that, Rinoli Minator, I think. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And make sure to keep those notifications on for the next time that I go live. And really appreciate you all for coming in and bear down. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.